Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. That's the intro. Because you don't know how to do one, so I'm uh, doing one for you. That's a fact. That is taking true. the pressure off you. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, everybody. Holy smokes. Well, um, thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us today on this uh, wonderful, so far, amazing, astonishing, fabulous episode of Unrefined. Uh, BJ is my name, and uh, the owner of that fantastic and fabulous uh, introduction is, of course, Mitra. Mitra, thank you so much. Thank you for You're taking welcome. the pressure off of me, really. That's what you've done. You took the pressure off of me. I'm just uh, for... always trying to pull my own weight. Yeah, and you did a great job. You know, you did a really great job um, with that introduction. I think you should do them from now on. Um, so uh, we're going to... Hey, we're hey, gonna... hey, every time now. That's what it's going to be. Okay. So everybody get ready. This is episode number 67 of unrefined. And uh, from now on, I guess that's what you're going to be getting. So buckle up everybody. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this episode. Don't forget if you want to hook up with us on all of our social medias, uh, the description of this podcast has uh, a link to everything, a link to our YouTube, our Instagram, our TikTok pages, as well as all of the podcasting platforms that we are available on as well. So you can, you know, get to us wherever you need to or wherever you want to be listening to us, okay? So, I mean, that's that's what we have going on. Um, Also, um, those of you uh, watching on Patreon, you'll notice that we are wearing some sweet hoodies. Um, They were provided to us to the good people at Vet Clothing. Um, You can get to them online at vetclothing.com. That's V-E-T clothing dot com and basically they have really nice uh hoodies they have really nice uh sweatpants t-shirts and accessories like that hats and everything and it basically it stands for very extraordinary taste and according to their brand the dictionary defines vet as to appraise verify or check for accuracy authenticity and validity and you know what i i think that that goes hand in hand with us when we're looking at yeah. some of these urban legends and conspiracy theories when we're checking for authenticity and trying to debunk some of this stuff. Right. I mean, definitely. It makes sense. It makes sense. It says, you know, they want you to wear this stuff as a way to empower you to explore your full potential and, and happily live up to that potential in your life. And I think that that's a really cool thing. So thank you uh, to the good people over at vet clothing for providing these sweet hoodies for us to wear on this podcast. They're really nice. They're, they're very well-made. They're super, they are well-made, right? Nice and thick and warm. And Mm. I got mine a size bigger than what I normally wear. I got a Mm -hmm. medium. So if anyone likes them long, I'm five, five. And I think we'll put some pictures up on our Instagram. So people can see Mm. how like the fit and how long it is. I like, I kind of like having a long hoodie sometimes and just wearing my gym pants with them. Yeah, I agree. Um, mine's not, mine's not super long. Mine is like 
what I would define as like the perfect length of hoodie for me. So it like doesn't stop like right at my torso. It goes a little bit below like the belt line and everything like that. Um, but it's just like, it's a really comfortable fit. And uh, yeah, I would, I would totally recommend headed over to vetclothing.com if you're one of our listeners and checking out their products. But again, shout out to them. Uh, thank you guys very much for the awesome hoodies for Amitra and myself. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. So anyway, um, I guess we should say, uh, I guess, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everybody listening to the show today. Um, you know, maybe you have the day off. Uh, if you're by me, perhaps you're snowed in because uh, giant snowstorm hitting the uh, northeast portion of the country. And that's where I am, as most of you know, in upstate New York. Um, so you know what? I can't think of no better way for you to spend your day than to listening to us and uh, binging all of our previous episodes. We have a lot for you. So go ahead, like start from episode one, wonder why you did this and uh, just keep going. All right. Well, if you like our content, I think starting with episode one, you're going to be confused. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe start with the latest episode of make your way back. What is that? I just watched, uh, I just watched Ghostbusters afterlife finally. And uh, that little kid podcast, and it reminds me a lot yep. of myself. Oh my god! Yep. You, you saw what that. I was thinking when we were watching it. God Almighty! So you, I was like, "Oh my God, BJ. they're making fun of podcast. That's what we <laughs> do. We're me. like a child <laughs> with our podcast." Oh yeah, that was so funny. That guy was great though, but it reminds yeah. me a lot of myself and everything. And uh, is that was a really good movie. Now that we've both seen it, I can yeah. say. Um, I know that I saw a lot of our friends in the paranormal world that went out and saw it when it first came out. And I was super jealous because I didn't get a chance to see it. But now that I've watched it and cried like a little baby at the end of that movie, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I don't know who's seen it and who hasn't seen it and who's waiting still. But um, yeah, that was it was well done at the end. Um, And before you had seen it, I told mm-hmm. you, I, this is what I wish Rise of Skywalker had done yeah. at the end. Like mm-hmm. they should have made it emotional with Anakin's force ghosts and things like that. They could have made it really emotional and they didn't. Right. They could have. They dropped the ball. They did. They did. So many ways. So many. So but many ways. Afterlife got it right. They pulled at the heartstrings and figured it out. Right. And not only did they, they get it right, but it was like the perfect balance of like taking me back to what I loved about watching the first Ghostbusters movie, like the music and everything, like yeah. the soundtrack was like perfect. Um, you know, I liked at the very end of the movie and everything, when you saw them uh, crossing over, I think it was, I think it was the George Washington bridge with the yeah. Ecto one going back into the city of New York with the siren going and they're playing the Ghostbusters theme song and everything. That was great. That was wonderful. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I don't want to give away like spoiler, spoiler stuff, but man, it was just like the perfect amount of fan service, nostalgia, along with new story to keep me interested. And honestly, I'd like to see more of it. So well, they have like a, the post credit scene was kind of a setup to possibly doing more. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess maybe. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe I'm seeing something else. Was there one after? I know there was one after, like the nice little like animated credits. Um, there was one there with two familiar faces. But then after that, was there another one? Were there two post credit scenes or just the one? There was two. Ah, you need to go back and watch one. It. I need to watch <laughs> that one now. All right. Anyway, guys enough about that. This is not a, this is not a movie podcast. Okay. Oh, but yeah. I thought it was relevant Move along. 
to the audience to talk about Ghostbusters, which by the way, our friend Steve, and I'm throwing him under the bus right now, our friend Steve, paranormal investigator Steve with a very successful paranormal event company has never seen a Ghostbusters movie. What? And I'm letting you know that for when he comes on to this podcast. He's literally a Ghostbuster. I know, I know. I For years, every time he came onto my show, That's I weird. used the Ghostbusters theme for him. And then I That's find it. out that he's never even seen the movie. Um, we, with the help of our friend Hannah, who's also coming back onto the show next week. So mark that down on your calendars, guys. Next week, we're going to be talking with Steve and Hannah about a paranormal investigation that they took part in over the summer. And uh, all three of us are going to throw Steve under the bus for not having ever seen a Ghostbusters movie. I mean, that just seems wrong. Very weird. Seems wrong. That's just pop culture. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. This should just be something. He needs to have a marathon. He can skip the girls Ghostbusters, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Anyway, let's get into it. Episode number 67 of Unrefined. Um, what are we talking about tonight, Mitra? I think it's very timely and topical if I Well, it is. Okay. Today, I'd like to discuss the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. So we all know Dr. King was a minister. He's an activist for Black civil rights. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964 for fighting racial inequality through nonviolent resistance. So Dr. King was in Memphis, Tennessee, staying at the Lorraine Hotel. He was in Memphis for a rally. And on Thursday, April 4th, 1968, he was shot and killed while standing on the hotel balcony around like six or 601. And he was shot right through the cheek, which is just disturbing to think about. God, um, I know Dr. King was at he died at the hospital around 705. They did try to perform like surgery, I guess, and opened his chest up because I think the bu- bullet went through his cheek and into his spine. And hmm. they said, even though he was 39, this isn't even relevant, but he, he was 39, but he had the heart of a 60 year old. So they think it was because of like all the stress he endured with, you know, stress and all the stuff. I mean, was- let's think about like the diet of somebody back in like the back then. I don't think there was a lot of health food or anything. So that is true. And he was from but the problem- South. So he was eating good food. But it wasn't probably processed like it is now. That's true. But he was probably eating some real good like food made with some bacon grease and butter probably and things so. like that. I mean, the but South fat is good. Fat, fat is, is good, but I don't know how much of it you can eat and live forever. OK, it's true. That's true. Yeah. So the FBI immediately investigated the shooting and they traced the shot where the bullet came from to yeah. a rooming house window across the street and on the sidewalk. A witness said there was some kind of bundle that was dropped on the sidewalk Mm. and it was described as a large bundle. And inside this bundle was a Remington Game Master rifle, binoculars and a newspaper with an article about Dr. King staying at the Lorraine Motel. And all the fingerprints on all three of these items belong to James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray had been arrested multiple times for robbery At the time of the shooting, he was supposed to be serving a 20-year prison sentence at the Missouri State Penitentiary, but he had escaped in 1967, which is amazing that people could escape jail. It is amazing. It is. So finally, June 8th, 1968, James Earl Ray was apprehended at Heathrow Airport in London. 
He had two fake Canadian passports and was traveling to what is now Zimbabwe, which was a haven for white supremacists, which seems weird that that would be a haven for white supremacists, but it was apparently. Well, Zimbabwe is in South Africa and there is a lot of racism in South Africa, you know, apartheid and things like that. So I'm, I'm not surprised too much that that's a safe haven for white supremacists, but, um, also really shocked now i know times were different that he was able to get all the way to london i mean Mm -hmm. that's very that's pretty impressive that's very crazy to me so yes it is definitely yeah so when he's apprehended he he pleads guilty but then recants Hmm. his story about three days later he claimed a man named raul told him to kill dr king James Earl Ray was sentenced to 99 years. Um, he escaped again God. in 1977. I know. <laughs> escaped twice? I know. It's crazy. Well, I thought but, he didn't do it. <laughs> but he re- was recaptured and then sentenced to 100 years in prison. Or so, in one year onto that for you escaping. Like <laughs> So stupid, right? So Ray always maintained his innocence and even on his deathbed to his son, he claims he didn't shoot Martin Luther King Jr. So if and then he tried to escape again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So he's like, I'm dead. And then they remove him and he's like, whoops, no, I'm not. And escapes. I don't know how he dug his way out. Gotcha, guys. Gotcha. So if not him, then who did it? Right. So Martin Luther King Jr.'s family believes the FBI was responsible for his death. From 1956 to 1971, the FBI had a counterintelligence program called COINTEL Pro. The mm. goal was to monitor and discredit certain American political organizations. They gathered information, sometimes illegally, and used it against these organizations like blackmail and things like that. The FBI, under the director, J. Edgar Hoover, had surveillance on the Communist Party, feminist organizations, anti-Vietnam War organizers, um, any Black power movement, animal rights movement, environmentalists, and they did investigate the KKK, so they weren't completely, like, racist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So COINTELPRO would gather information, use psychological warfare to discredit people, and they would do things like plant false reports in the media and things like that which mm. you got to think that's still going on today i think yeah. i think people will discredit like uh political figures and things like that with uh planning false reports you know the whole mm-hmm. fake news thing right like right. to try to discredit somebody right all right guys it's that time of the show where we tell you about one of the great companies that we've partnered with I still can't believe anyone wants to work with us. Well, believe it, Mitra, because the good folks at Netty Games are giving listeners of Unrefined a chance to save 10%. If you are like us, you love a good board game, and Netty Games is bringing back game night with their amazing library of games. Conspiracy theory, trivia, the board game, tasty humans, dirty politics, and more. If you want to get in on the action, visit the link in the description of the show. Use code UNREFINEDSHOW and save 10% on all these great games. Bring back game night and make some memories. And enemies. Well, that depends on how ruthless you are. I'm out for blood. Okay, now back to the show. The FBI's main target at the time um, was Martin Luther King Jr. They began monitoring him in 1955 and Mm -hmm. J. Edgar Hoover thought Dr. King was influenced by communists and attorney, attorney general, Robert Kennedy, 
who's JFK's brother, authorized wiretaps on Dr. King's home offices and on any of his hotel rooms whenever mm. he was out. On November 21st, 1964, a package was delivered to the Kings. Inside this package was a letter and tape recordings from an anonymous source. The letter has become known as the suicide letter. The letter calls King a fraud and an abnormal moral imbecile. Uh, the tapes sent with the letter are said to be evidence of multiple affairs he had in like hotel rooms. Okay. His wife, Coretta Scott King, said the tapes were mumbo jumbo. That was what she said. And nothing could be made out of them. And she apparently was aware of her husband's affairs. And I believe she said she thought he had about 10 to 12 affairs. So I, I see. I didn't know about any of this. Like I, you had mentioned it to me. It was all news to me. And then I look back and there are like a bunch of articles on like how like, you know, Dr. King had, you know, a very well-known love of women like that's yes. like he, he loved, loved the ladies women. they think it, some experts say it might have been somewhere more between 40 and 45 affairs that's a lot and he was with one of these women in the hotel room the night that he was the night the night before when he got shot and she was actually in the room she was told she couldn't go to the hospital with him because it would have looked bad yeah so yeah, so she was actually there, I guess, in the room when it happened, when wow. he was shot on the balcony. So the, and, you know, he's just, because he's like a powerful figure. And I think mm -hmm. he had basically groupies like a rock star would, you know, women oh, wanted to be know. with him, you know? Everybody's got, I think every person in a position of power like that um, probably has groupies. I think that they yeah. probably have, uh, even if they're not groupies per se, they have uh, a group of people, a fan base that is just going to like hang on every single word that they say. They're going to love them. They're going to adore them. And I think that that's just how it goes. And it's just a matter of like whether or not you like kind of like give in to that temptation and yeah. everything of, you know, following along with whatever these groupies want to do with you. Yeah. So, you know, and if you're already like to do that kind of stuff, then yeah. these women are just falling all over you. I think it would be very hard. And apparently, I guess there was some talk like he had anxiety and having like sex before, like giving a speech or something or being at a rally would like relax him. So he needed his groupies. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? I think everybody needs that. Is there like a, you can go like to a doctor and get a prescription for anxiety and they're just like, <laughs> just, you, this guy, yeah, they write off like various things with, like, well, this guy needs a handy before he can Gosh. go to work in the morning <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, like, y'all, this guy needs a full blown, he needs a full blown sex session every yeah. day right before dinner just so we can calm down like husband comes home and hands it to his wife to the doctor the doctor said so got a prescription what are you gonna do? <laughs> right exactly you're gonna argue with a doctor you trust the medical professionals or what you know exactly. says this guy's name is dr kevorkian <laughs> okay so the mm. letter continues and yeah. says th this is quoting from the letter king there is only one thing left for you to do you know what it is. You have just 34 days in which to do it. So what, I don't know why 34 days. Um, yeah. And they said, you know, you have to do this thing. And what did Dr. King need to do? And some people said that were surrounding him took it as he needed to kill himself. 
when I read it, I kind of thought it sounded like he needed to step down from being like this political activist or whatever. They yeah. never say anything about killing himself. So, but kept, but his people read into it. I guess he read into it too, as it made it sound like he needed to kill himself, but they never says anything about killing oneself, but it is referred to as the suicide letter. I don't understand like why, you know, if I'm looking at that and I saw that message, I don't think the first thing that would come to mind would be you have 34 days to kill yourself. I, I, I think it's what you said, like you have 34 days to kind of like step down, step aside yeah. and kind of step out and of like the public it was, spotlight. It was to blackmail him saying, if you don't, I think if you don't step down within 34 days, we're going to let yeah. the public know about your you know, affairs yeah. that you've been having. And it makes him look like he's not honest, you know, cause he's supposed to be a right. minister and stuff like that. And it would tarnish him. Yeah. But um, I think it's not. important to, to note too, like, you know, while we're, we're talking about like this, these letters and everything, it's very well documented that this happened or anything like that. It doesn't not take away from the accomplishments uh, or any of the accolades and, and, you know, things that Dr. King did oh, no, for I'm the a... civil rights movement is still a phenomenal I leader and everything. Think, like you said, I'm pretty sure every man in any like political, historical, like figure, anything has had affairs and done these things. So yeah, I, people are dynamic and they have mm -hmm. many sides to them and they can be many things, you know? Yeah. So just because you have a weakness in one area doesn't mean you're going to be a bad person. So do you, do you think that we have groupies like unrefined no. groupies? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no way. Um, one day Mitra, maybe I, we will. I would be scared to have one. Yeah. Okay. So the letter was most likely written. Now the letter was anonymous and it actually, the language written in the letter made it sound like it was written by another black man because it was saying they're making them look bad, okay. but it was actually written by FBI deputy director, William C. Sullivan, who's just like an old white man yep. <laughs> under the orders of J. Edgar Hoover. A copy of the letter was found in Sullivan's files. Okay. Um, the tapes are sealed till 2027 in the National Archives and Records. And one day they'll come to light and we'll get to see what was really on them. God, I wonder if why why sealed even... until then? It's like with the JFK thing. I think they want to wait till everybody around it is dead mm. and you can't accuse anybody of anything. Okay. And then they're going to see what it is. Right. That's true. So this kind of blackmail and letter and tapes is just like an example of how the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover operated. Um, Hoover was basically a known racist and a homophobic man. He was he was not a good person. I he thought he was had, a cross-dresser too or something like that, oh yeah. wasn't he? Well, we'll, we'll get to that. So okay, okay. He, he had dirt on pretty much everybody. He kept files on everybody. Even the presidents were under surveillance. Um, some have speculated the reason why Hoover was so like anti-gay and racist was because he himself was gay and a black man. So wait, yeah, just... well, I, I could see the undercover, <laughs> the, the undercover gay thing, but J. A. Edgar Hoover does not look like a black man to me. So I, so I have a picture in my head, what he looks like. And yeah. before I read the thing about someone that some believing that he himself might've been biracial. I went and was looking at pictures of him. And okay. the first thing that came up was a young picture of him. And mm. I, and this was before I read the thing about him possibly being biracial. The picture does look like he might be biracial. He is very dark skinned and dark hair, coarse hair. And I was like, 
I was first immediately I thought that's not J. Edgar Hoover, you know, but yeah. it was a very young picture. I and mean, he does look biracial. And it was mm. kind of surprising. And then when I read that, you know, that some believe he might have been um, based off of the photos of him and stuff like that, um, that some think he's biracial and that he's kind of has like a self-hatred type thing, which some people do have. Yeah. So he's and it's like a stereotype that someone who's so homophobic it's because they're actually gay. You know, it's like that stereotype because right. they have such self-hatred about like, they yeah. feel like they shouldn't be, it's amoral. They shouldn't be feeling it. So they like reflect it back on this, you know, society and other people, you know, yep. it reminds me of American beauty and like the dad across the streets gay. And he thinks mm. the other guy's gay and he's yep. like shoots him and kills him. Right. So, um, but anyways, there's no proof to it. Um, sure. But he, he had a 40-year relationship with his assistant, Clyde Tolson. They were very close. They vacationed, they dinnered together, they were always together. And Hoover never married, which was strange for the times because they were all, everybody got married back then, you know. Yeah. And when he died, he pretty much left everything to Tolson. Wow. And there are the long timing running rumors of Hoover being a crossdresser and wearing women's clothing in private. And apparently there was a picture of him in like a, I guess, a flapper's dress. But that's several people said they saw. But that picture now is mysteriously gone. And I'm like, yeah, because he's the director of the FBI. He can make things disappear. Yeah, no <laughs> He's kidding. running surveillance on everybody. You don't think you can make one picture? This wasn't like the internet where somebody puts a picture on it, it's there forever. Yeah. All you have to do is get the one picture and it's gone, you know? It, it's kind of sad. Like, so if J. Edgar Hoover really like was like, you know, if he really was a gay man and he was too ashamed to like live his life, I mean, you know, never, well, I guess he kind of got to live his life. He got to live his life, but he never got to live his life publicly, uh, which is kind of a and He sad just thing. made everybody else miserable. I know. Like, like that's even more ridiculous to me. Like, yeah. you know, so. Makes sense to me. It, no it totally makes sense it makes sense like if you if why if you hate yourself for what you are and like the public sees what you are uh, being such an abomination like mm -hmm. back then um rather than seeing everyone as equal as you know we're getting to that point now which is good it's just you know it's just crazy and it's, it's i think it's a crazy. way to take also any uh suspicion off yourself True. If you're so hating all the other things, you're like, well, how could that be me? I'm hating it all. You know, it takes yeah. all the suspicion off of you. That's true. That's very true. So to circle back to James Earl Ray. Okay. So the room that he rented in Memphis um, sat above a restaurant. The restaurant was owned by Lloyd Jowers. Jowers claims Frank Liberto, who was had mafia ties, gave him $100,000 to arrange Martin Luther King Jr.'s death. And that he did. He hired someone to kill him, but it wasn't James Earl Ray. Um, the federal government is involved with this. The Memphis police are involved with it. Uh, he says the police officer, Lieutenant Earl Clark, who was like one of their best shooters, I guess, on the Memphis police force, was the one that pulled the trigger. Also involved was uh, Department Officer Morrell McCullough, another unnamed Memphis officer, and two undercover federal agents. And it was a conspiracy to kill Dr. King. And there was many eyewitnesses at the time that said, well, one of them was like, there was many black 
Memphis police officers and firemen who were stationed around the Lorraine Motel that were suddenly stations elsewhere and repositioned further away. Because one of the things was the government, the federal government was working with Memphis police and they wanted there to be no police presence while he was staying there. So they made sure that they got rid of everybody. Um, James Earl Ray was told to buy the binoculars, the gun and rent the room by a man named Raul. And Ray wasn't the one in the room who pulled the trigger. It was supposedly this Memphis police officer. There was also, um, they had all these bushes that were all around this building that had been overgrown. And suddenly the day that he was shot, all these bushes were cleaned and trimmed so yeah. that you, basically you could see over them to shoot, shoot out the window. Um, Olivia Catling lived a block away from the motel. She was walking with her kids to try to get a glimpse of Dr. King on the balcony. And she heard the gunshot go off and she saw a man running past her. He was running from the building next to the hotel. Um, He had a checkered shirt on. He jumps into a car just as like police are pulling up to barricade the street, but they kind of pull back and let the car go. Okay. And then they barricade it. Huh? So basically allowing this person to escape. And she said the person that ran by was not James Earl Ray. That was not the guy. It was somebody else. Um, There was also another witness. So there was that bundle I told you that was dropped there. Mm -hmm. The person that saw the bundle being dropped said it happened 10 minutes before the gunshot was heard. Okay. And also they did ballistics, I guess, on the gun and the gun that was found did not even match the bullet from, you know, that killed Dr. King. Yeah. <clears throat> so Ray was just basically like the fall guy. He was just set up and all the, all this like evidence and testimony was, was presented in a 1993 mock televised trial. They, this jury found James Earl Ray innocent. So this was just something they put on for television. They all this new information with like this Jowers guy and everything, him saying yeah. this. Um, this was uh, just a mock trial and they found him innocent. And then King's estate sued Lloyd Jowers after they after this mock trial for a symbolic $100 in 1999 for a wrongful death suit. And it was a, you know, a civil suit and they won. Okay. So you have to ask, did did he actually act alone? Was it the FBI? Like there's still questions hmm. about it, but to me, I think there's just way too many like conflicting information. And it really seems like, I mean, I don't know if the federal government was into it. The federal government is so stupid. They yeah. investigated themselves and said, no, we didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it's, it's if the, like if the government is investigating itself to prove that it didn't do it. I mean, what do they think they're really going to do? Like, just like shovel some papers around. Yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, so let me write this. Oh, looks like we're innocent. Looks like we didn't they do it. They investigated a lot of different groups that were yeah. said to possibly be plotting King's assassination. There was a okay. group called the Minutemen. Uh, they they researched them and cleared them. Um, they looked at the Ku Klux Klan and right. they said, no, they didn't do it either, you know? And they said all the evidence points to you know, Ray, but <sighs> it's just another case of clearly, clearly the person who was convicted of doing something did not do it. It was somebody else who did it. 
Well, this, um, you know, they said because they could never find whoever this Raul was. Um, they believe he was this Portuguese <laughs> guy. Yeah. Uh, that was in Canada and okay. that Ray had two Canadian fake Canadian passports and that he gave Ray all this money and everything gave him the ability to like travel and do stuff because they tried to follow like where he was when he escaped prison. And like, mm. he would just kind of like pop up here and there, but they don't know where he was getting his money from where he, how he was getting from place to place or anything. Okay. And that he would just disappear and then reappear in places. And they think clearly he was having help from somebody, but they don't know. And the federal government has used the mafia for things before. So like there was a lot of like things with Jimmy Hoffa and things like that. So to think like if the federal government doesn't want to get their hands dirty Mm -hmm. and they have undercover people, which one of the guys that was there was a under two of them actually were undercover federal agents that they could have easily, you know, told them to do these things who knows maybe raul was an undercover federal person you know and that's why raul is not being found because he's fbi right you know there i I feel like there's these different like shadow and sub organizations in the government that that their job is to find people to solve problems and yeah you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was such a powerful voice and such a powerful person for a movement that was going to uh, make things difficult for uh, various forms of government, like in the South and things like that. You know, you're fighting for equality of a group of people that's been pushed down and beaten down for, you know, uh, for years, years, like more yeah. than a, like centuries. Um and, and it seemed like they were very concerned mo- mostly about his him think- thinking he was being influenced by communists, which is ridiculous because he right. actually wow. had said himself and many like times that he yeah. was, you know, anti-communist or whatever an anti-communist is. I don't know if have a name, but that he was not that it was mm-hmm. very non-Christian because he's very Christian non-Christian mm-hmm. thing is a, is a communist and he's not influenced by them at all. And that was like their main reason why they were going to go after him. So yeah. instead of actually going after like the communist, for some <clears throat> reason, they're going after the people, the communists they think are influencing them. And I'm right. like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it why are you, it's like when you go after the drug addict and not the drug dealer, like, why yeah. aren't you going to the source, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It's so crazy. I mean, like back then, like, I mean, there's probably still people out there that are just like deathly afraid of like communism and communists and things like that. And you know, what is what it is like? So there's a lot of people out there that are probably uh, that lean more toward the communist side of things and whatnot. It's like definitely not as faux pas as it used to be to do that sort of thing and have your political affiliations um, lean in that direction and everything like that. But to be so afraid of somebody like the communism thing is crazy to me. And I know we're like, we, we were at like the height of McCarthyism and yeah. the cold war and all of that the, stuff. The red then. scare, all that. Yeah. Like, you know, people were afraid that Russia was going to come in and they were going to take over our country covertly. That, yeah. So, I mean, I think I that it. was the big thing there. It was, you know, the atomic bomb, the Red Scare, they were afraid of Russia, they didn't want them yeah. coming over. So it was like anything 
coming from the Soviet Union area. Mm-hmm. That was bad. It didn't matter. Like it was just all bad. Can't have any of that here. You know, it's just it's just crazy to me that it would come to that with somebody like him. I, I know they're probably just honestly, that seems like an excuse to me. They were not afraid of him being influenced by <laughs> communists. They just wanted to silence well, they, somebody fighting for civil rights. Basically, well, that's did. what it was. I mean, he investigated everybody. I mean, we talked yeah. about like John Lennon because he's like right. anti-war and stuff like yeah. that being investigated. They were going to, mm-hmm. they wanted to deport him and stuff. So, I mean, and there's theories that he was shot and killed and basically assassinated too. So it, a lot of people, Bob Marley, they think that Bob yeah. Marley was somebody that was, uh, you know, targeted and killed by the CIA and things like that. Like there's a lot of people out there with influential voices that they have died and it has been suspected that there have been government groups that were responsible for the deaths of these people who had a significant voice, specifically with a group of people who have either been beaten down and are trying to fight their way up or the younger people, the younger yeah. people who are the future of the country that can like mold and shape things and whatnot. So, well, I know. think the government did have something to do with Dr. King's assassination, just the fact that they're harassing him so much and trying yeah. to discredit him so much, sending yeah. him these letters and like bugging his hotel rooms and everything. I mean, yeah. they wanted him gone. They called him, I forgot what they called him, but they, oh, the most dangerous Negro was what they called him. Oh, Lord. Yeah. God. That is insane to me. No, yeah, he's super dangerous. He wants everybody to be able to have freedom and everything like that. He that's, won the Nobel Peace danger. Prize. He's I know, give me a break. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like, I feel like we've come such a long way in some ways, and then we still have a, such a long way to go in a number of other ways here in the United States. Yeah. And now we've got listeners from all over here. I know we've got listeners. Uh, from, you know, across the sea and everything like that. And, uh, you know, we're working hard to make sure that we are better. Um, And, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe there needs to be like a big reset button on governments across the world. And they need to like admit all the crap. Start with the U.S. Yeah, like seriously, like, I mean, just admit it, just admit like you have these the secret things that you've done because it would make everybody feel a lot better you know well, what i mean now, Show nobody us the aliens. trusts nobody trusts the government you no, know no because they're hiding things like aliens and i want to yeah. see them i want to see aliens <laughs> i want to see the unicorns that have been hidden away as well and i want to see bigfoot okay and i know that the government has them and they need to bring them to us now period <laughs> so it right. would blow all our all of our minds if we could see all that totally blow our minds so yeah and do permission to blow them permission permission to blow us government (laughs) (laughs) what is wrong with you oh just too many things too many things anyway well that was a pretty good show mitra um it's definitely going to leave people scratching their heads and i think that that's what we always intend for you to do you know we always we we like to look into this stuff because i don't think anything is as plain as what is seen and it's always good to question a little bit and it's good to like look into this stuff and, and kind of figure out like what w- what really happened what really yeah. happened and when it comes to the case of dr martin luther king jr i think there's a lot more that meets the eye the information that you brought to the table the evidence that is there all of the different people that were involved clearly somebody else is involved in that and yeah. james earl ray was the fall guy but there are other factors that were never looked into and it's a real shame. It's just a real shame. So 
Injustice. Injustice. Well, thank you for that show, Mitra. That was really wonderful. You guys, if you want to follow us over on our other social medias, hit up the description in this podcast and you'll be able to follow us over on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Um, if you like the hoodies that we're wearing tonight and you want to get your own, vetclothing.com. We'll drop the link in the description for that as well. And you can check their products out. I uh, highly recommend. Very comfy, very nice hoodie. It's warm. It's soft. It's great. Um, and uh, if you want to drink like us, Mind Grinder Coffee, link to that in the description as well. I can't get enough of it. It's quite delicious. Anyway, um, on behalf of Mitra and myself, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Unrefined. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.